Today, we're going to be discussing the shopping season and what that means for marketers. For a nice change, I'm going to join not one, but two guests on this episode. Cheyenne Rahimi, who's the head of e-commerce at Snap, and Stan Brunei, who is the head of marketing at UNAS. Welcome to On the Record with Campaign Middle East. I'm Austin Allison, the editor of Campaign Middle East. You can find us at campaignme.com. We have a magazine, we have webinars, we're on social, and we have this podcast. Angami helps us a lot with hosting and production. You can listen to more episodes on Angami or wherever you listen to our podcasts. And this episode, like many of our shows, is sponsored by Snapchat. In a minute, I'll ask Stan to explain what UNAS is and what shopping season means to his brand. But first, let's establish what we're talking about. So, Shai, what is shopping season? Hi, Austin. Uh, great, great to be on the podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. Um, so, yeah, the shopping season is a collective amalgamation of all the major shopping moments in the fourth, fourth financial quarter of, of the year. So you have things like Singles Day, um, of course, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, uh, and that goes all the way through to, say, the end of year sales um, or the gifting season, as if it were at the end of the year as well. Okay, so so we're starting. When 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 would you say it starts officially? So I would say it starts from kind of mid mid October is when it kind of really kicks off. Um, but if you think traditionally in in China, when Singles Day started, for example, it's actually from the the first of November to the eleventh, which is Singles Day, um, when when Alibaba, of course, <laughs> owns that moment over there. Um, why, why is it called Why is it called Singles Day? Do we know? Great. Yeah, yeah, great question. So it was interestingly enough, back in 1993, there were four guys in university who wanted to celebrate um, kind of the opposite to Valentine's Day, so Singles Day, um, as if it were. And then it was actually in 2003 when Alibaba coined it as a commercial shopping moment where they traditionally did, I don't know, last year, I think they did like $74 billion in 11 days. So it's a huge, huge shopping moment that we've inherited here in the Middle East. Wow, and that's got so that's gone from like from zero to billions in in just a matter of a few years. That's not that's a lot quicker than um, uh, Black Friday, isn't it? Black Friday's been around for a lot longer. That's right. Yeah. So Black Friday, I believe that started. I mean, the the kind of the day Black Friday was actually from the nineteen eighties uh, in the US. Excuse me, sorry, eighteen hundreds in the US, and then later in the nineteen sixties, I believe. Um, you know, it was traditionally the Friday after Thanksgiving, which is the last Thursday of every November. Yeah. And cult- culturally in the US, of course, you know, you'd have your Thanksgiving meal. The day after you go out shopping with your, your families, etc. as the last kind of moment before the Christmas holidays. Now, <laughs> you can see that, you know, from, from that time, it was very much a, a day when retailers could move from, you know, being in the red to into the black, which was obviously why it was called Black Friday. I never knew that. I was uh, see, I, <laughs> Black Friday makes it sound like some sort of doomsday scenario, doesn't it? It's <laughs> funnily enough. That's actually why in the Middle East um, it was actually changed. So back in 2014, it was uh, the suit guys who changed it to White Friday for the Middle East, and it's been called White Friday since then. And funnily enough, Amazon were actually one of the first companies globally to say, "Okay, we see your Black Friday, and we're actually going to throw a Black Friday in the middle of summer." Which is now known as Prime Deal, Prime Day, which they have yep. better deals than Black Friday. So what's funny is obviously Souk and Amazon both changed the concept to make it their own. And later on, Amazon went over to, to actually acquire Souk 
um, in the region. And, and you know, since then, in the last, say, four or five years, we've got Orange Friday, Black Friday, Yellow Friday, uh, Pink. Uh, I believe we have White Wednesday. We have Cyber Week. We have Black November. Um, and, of course, UNAS Friday as well. So what does it mean for... Um so what does it mean for sort of marketers and retailers then? In, in my mind, in my personal opinion, it's probably the most creative time of year for, for retailers and e-commerce players. Um, not only to obviously generate, you know, sales and revenue, but also encourage loyalty, influence and choice. So, for example, if I've been, you know, saving up for a pair of trainers and I have an option to buy those trainer sneakers in three different places at the same price point and they can offer a similar delivery time, the opportunity for retailers and e-commerce players is to answer the why and in their communication strategies. So beyond price and fulfillment, an opportunity to generate that brand affinity in that highly competitive uh, environment. Okay, so that gives sort of slightly more of an aspect to it than just, you know, just time to shift stock. It's a time to sort of uh, get some some customer loyalty and things as well. Well, let's um, let's turn to to Stan, who is. Uh, a real life, uh, a real life marketer, um, and uh, Stan, uh, welcome to the podcast. First of all, thanks for joining us. Um, and can I just Hello, ask you first? Can I ask you first of all, what does um, Unas do, and then what does uh, shopping season mean for for Unas? Yeah, sure. So, hello, boss. Hope you're doing well. Um, thanks for having me. So. First of all, yeah, what does UNAS do? So unlike the big guys that Chai mentioned, such as the Amazon and Souk, uh, which we call multi-category uh, pure player e-commerce, <clears throat> UNAS has been launched like four years ago, actually quite funnily, uh, right after Black Friday at that time, so in December 2016. Uh, yeah. We are obviously part of Altair Group, but now we tend to consider ourselves as the pure player of Altair Group. Uh, what we do actually offer to uh, the GC audience is more than thousands brands of luxury fashion and beauty. Uh, we used to sell only for women, but now we cater to the entire family. Uh, so luxury fashion for men, women and kids, as well as a bit of home, uh, because we realized uh, some of our actually uh, loyal customers uh, would appreciate to have uh, the same inventory that we do offer in our uh, department stores online. So we do sell a bit of uh, furniture, home decor, and appliances. Okay. But the majority of our business obviously comes from uh, fashion. And, uh, and in the, so in the sort of fashion category, in the fashion and luxury category, does does sort of Q4, does, does this shopping season fit in with what, uh, what Shai was describing? Obviously. The thing is, like... Uh, First of all, for, for us, and I would say for all of the pure players, there is no, uh, like, let's say, uh, shopping season and not shopping season. It's 24-7. It's always on. <laughs> but <Fair> uh, <laughs> obviously, being a, a pure player, coming from a non-electronics, uh, let's say, uh, background, but more from a fashion background, we had to, to adhere and to jump on this kind of global phenomenon and opportunities uh, such as the, the White Fridays. So obviously we joined that uh, kind of movement when we launched UNAS uh, four years ago. Then because Dubai is right in the middle of the US and China, uh, Singles Day was imported and we also like jumped into the, the Singles Day opportunity. But for us, it, it only marks like part of the overall, uh, let's say Q4 season, which somehow has 
Shai mentioned, uh, kicks off in October because this is the moment where we received like full inventory of our uh, seasonal cell, which is like fall winter. Um, and it's right after, let's say, back to school, which according to me actually marks more or less the beginning of the shopping season. It's back to school. Uh, then it's uh, the beginning of fall winter for us, followed by Singles Day and the White Friday, which at Unas, we, we tend to call more Cyber Week. And then, as I mentioned, like uh, right after in December, it's Unas birthday, which is a, a big event for us as well. And by the way, this year, we're going to celebrate five, five <laughs> years of Unas. Yep. I, I, exactly. It's going to be UAE 50th uh, National Day and Unas 5th birthday. So oh, all, all, all of you will uh, turn up and visit our website because we or download the app because we'll have a, a lot of cool stuff coming. Nice. And then, and then ultimately, uh, as Shayan also mentioned, he keeps on taking my lens, actually. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> All right, you can steal it back. Yeah, I'll steal it back because it's my idea. <laughs> no, but, but then obviously comes a uh, festive season. Uh, so everything about like the gifting season. And it also marks for us uh, the beginning of the, the discounting uh, period of full winter stock. So in a nutshell, Q4 uh, and even end of Q3 it is a big, obviously, uh, active period for us where we do tend to uh, to make majority, uh, I would say, of our, uh, let's say, uh, traffic and customer acquisition around these moments. But again, it's a highly competitive moment and season where we need to stand out from the crowd. Okay, that's now. Sorry, you, you mentioned something there that's interesting. You said that uh, um, you get the sort of the fall winter uh, sort of lines in. How much of this sort of this Q four? How much of Q four is spent selling the sort of the latest stuff, and how much of it is spent uh, perhaps sort of shifting some of the some of the some of the stock from from easier lines? I'm thinking about some of the sort of say. Presumably, one of the reasons for having sales is that it gives you a chance to to move some of the stuff that. Uh, that has now been discontinued. Is that is that one of the reasons, or or are um, you? Uh, I mean, it's partial because again, in the eyes of the customers, they are expecting like like Friday, and as I mentioned as well, they're already. I'm pretty sure now that we are talking, I've got like some of my customers exactly putting in their baskets whatever they want to shop at Black Friday because they are expecting it like basically to be on sale. So the okay. thing is, for for winter, like. Um, you mentioned the season. We do not put the entire fall winter stock uh, like on discount, or we do not put only the discontinued items like on sale because it doesn't make sense. At the end of the day, it's, we have to be customer first. So we tend to to do a mix and put a, a mix of different products and season for that event. A mix that we think, based on our data, will actually please the GC customers in this moment. Excellent. Um. Can I quickly ask, and I don't want to turn this into yet another COVID podcast, but I can, can I quickly ask how the past couple of years has changed uh, the sort of Q4 for, for UNAS? Has it, uh, um, you know, has it changed this? Uh, to, uh, yeah. to, to be honest, it's, again, it's a, it's a phenomenon that's been existing for the past like four or five years. So it didn't really change us per se, while it has actually it has just increased the, the let's say, the, the speed of growth that we were expecting, which has been observed not only during Black Friday, but throughout the year. So is 
is Black Friday going to be bigger than the last one? Yes, but that would apply to every single day, actually, because that entire COVID has shifted, uh, let's say, the uh, ease of customers and their uh, like uh, ability to actually shop online and the fact that they now actually trust to shop online. But did it change drastically? No, it's just bigger and it's, it will keep on becoming bigger and bigger. So that's all I can say. So changed in size, just not in not necessarily in its nature. Um, exactly. So what are you right? Let's move on to more existential questions. Why are you here? What is um, what is Unas doing with uh, with Snap? Um, I'll, sorry, I'll give you another chance to uh, to steal Stan's uh, steal Stan's glory here. So what's uh, what's Unas doing? Don't, don't give him some chances, otherwise he's going to steal everything. <laughs> that, that's his way of doing. No, I mean, I, I could just sit back if you like, and you guys, I'm joking. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> if we think about what, um, you know, since I think Stan and I met back in 2018, when um, we, we first started working together with the Unas and Snap kind of partnership. So a couple of years after Unas's inception, but nevertheless, I think one thing that we, we wanted to establish right off the bat was a, a kind of structured approach to, to hit Stands performance targets. Um, you know, like any digital marketer, um, especially in the performance e-commerce world, the foundation is really being a revenue source. Um, you know, in terms of building experiences for the Snapchat community to then go ahead and uh, obviously drive sales and, and new customers for them as a platform. So, and you can see we've actually grown to seventy-five million active users across the Middle East. Um, so, in core markets like you know Saudi Arabia where we reach 90% of 13 to 34-year-olds. Um, you know, of course, Snapchat is a, is a key platform to, to pin, tap into that main market there for important for Stan. But anyway, as, as things progressed over the years, um, you know, we, one, one thing that we did back in 2018 was obviously first the performance um, strategy, multi-product approach um, to, to drive that, that revenue at scale. And then the next piece was how can we innovate and how can we test augmented reality, um, which traditionally at that point was maybe seen as expensive, maybe a gimmick, more of a branding product. And for a traditional kind of you know, e-commerce performance player, it was really a test that Stan and I wanted to see is, okay, can this work to generate some sort of brand affinity connection with Unas as a, as a definitive luxury uh, destination? Uh, and also could it drive you know, sales, and, and revenue for these guys as well. And, and to both Stan and I's mutual surprise, it performed exceptionally well. And, and since then... As, um, as, a, as a sales generator, not just as a, as a branding. Um, not just exactly. as a branding. I'll, I'll let Stan answer that question in a, in a second. But <laughs> what, what I will say is since that, that point, that first time we tested that as a kind of a brand formats product, uh, for branding and generating sales, um, we've actually evolved now to an always-on AR strategy. Um, and, and Stan continuously pushes us to test the limits of innovation for the luxury shopping arena, um, which we're extremely grateful for because it's it's a lot of fun. Okay, so Stan, what are you? How are you uh, pushing Shai and uh, his team to to push the limits? <laughs> so Shai actually described our first AR date. And and how we fell in love together. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in a nutshell, that journey started yeah on the back of a of a conversation and, and of first realizing like look, it's big, it's coming, but no one mastered it. And uh, to be honest, uh, like my entire team and, and us, we tend to thrive for innovation because we know that's how you can differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack, and you can uncover insights. At the end of the day, whether it, it 
did work or it didn't work, it's a learning and learnings are always good. So, but on, on that specific example, we started back in Ramadan 2018. Uh, so we are talking like three years ago now. Okay, what did you do? What was the, what was the it example? Was, it was just a, a, a near way of greeting people for Ramadan and beautifying them. So that's what we, it's kind of a simple exercise, but playing on the, uh, let's say, uh, local um, creativity. And we were absolutely like, I don't know which word is going to be the right one, but shocked in a nice way by the results because we managed to get like a return on investment. So that's for the performance part, which was up to 9x, which I didn't, to be honest, my expectation was 1x. We did 9x. Wow. That's for the that's for the performance. And then for, for the branding element, like we had some people like that actually spend up to 40 seconds uh, of their time using this actually augmented reality experience. And, and the shareability, so what Snap calls share rate, was up to 10%. So out of like 10 people, pretty much uh, like one people out of the 10 were sharing that experience to actually their friends or neighbors or uh, let's say a Snap follower. So we're just like amazed by the amount of like brand favorability as well as like performance it can drive. And that was the beginning of our, let's say, love story again. And then, as Shai mentioned, we have been always on augmented reality from that moment onwards. And we either cover, let's say, some more uh, local elements, such as, let's say, national uh, birthdays, yep. or Ramadan, or events like shopping season, as we mentioned. Or it can be also like something more UNAS related, where we want to uh, diversify and again innovate. So, for example, we've done one uh, portal lens where we turn like UNAS, which is an online shop, into an offline into an offline shop with an offline shopping experience using AR. Or we also were the first. So, so people have... can sorry, so people can walk around, sort of hold their phones up and walk around your your now offline shop. Exactly, and same like amazing results. And another one we, we've done and, and tried locally was the first try on lens where people can actually. Uh, not scan, but like direct their uh, mobile camera onto their foot and try the latest, uh, let's say, sneakers that we have on, on sale at UNAS. So we keep on like testing, driving innovation, thinking about new ways of, uh, let's say, utilizing air for the, and again, it's always for the benefits of our customers. Okay. Uh, it has two benefits, but it's always customer first. Like what can customer gain from these experiences? And we can see like, again, like, let's say, trust, and also they are fun. So they are developing some kind of like, um, let's say, good relationship with your brand. And ultimately, they end up shopping. So it's a like, it's not a one size fits all, but it's almost like a 360 marketing tool that, again, we like to use uh, on a always on basis now with Snap. Okay. And sorry, is that, um, is that sort of success, um, you know, is, in, is UNAS uh, sort of, Above and beyond the sort of the success that you see from your um, from other brands on Snap, or is that uh, or is a, a sort of an always-on AR strategy that work for other brands as well and other categories? Yeah, that's a great question, Austin. And, and I I fundamentally believe that every brand should have a camera strategy for, for Snapchat. I mean, if you think about it, in the Middle East, in this region, um, you know, our audience or the community on Snapchat. Um, 85% of them are playing with augmented reality 30 times a day on average. 
So 30 times a day, they're engaging with the camera. It's where we open up the, the app experience to. And if you think about, as I mentioned, 75 million people across the Middle East, um, you know, that, that's an amazing immersive opportunity to, to create that customer experience. And, you know, not only are we developing further technologies to, to facilitate, excuse me, you know, virtual try-ons, catalog browsing, showrooming, um, you know, one of the, we made once with Stan a, a dream wardrobe for every female in Saudi, where you could walk around this beautiful, you know, room with all their products and, and, and things like that as well. But, nice. you know, in, mar in markets like the UE and KSA, we found that interacting with products that have an AR experience leads to a 94% higher conversion rate. And that's actually, uh, you know, that's not our number, that's Deloitte digital number that, that, that we've said. So it's 94% higher conversion rate. So, you know- 94% higher than just, than just what? Than just pictures on the, um, than just looking at a picture of the product. Yeah, I mean, if you think about all the different ways that you can think about, whether it's video, whether it's static, yeah. dynamic, I mean, an immersive, active engagement, time spent, as we call it, you know, it's a completely different way of, in, you know, engaging with that, that kind of product or service. And to answer your question, you know, another brand that we work with recently, who is more of a, let's say, a fast fashion lifestyle um, brand with, with you know, uh, products very accessible to, to anyone and everyone, actually increased their brand favorability by 8.7 uh, times when adding a lens to the product. So similar to, um, similar to Stan's nine times. Well, that was ROI. This is brand favorability. Oh, so, yeah, okay, brand yes. versus ROI. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a, a bunch of case studies from beauty, from fashion, um, electronic retailers that, that are in adopting an AR strategy and it's absolutely working, yes. Well, before we go too far down the AR rabbit hole, which is uh, always very tempting with, with Snap, let's come back to shopping season and let's look at content strategy. So um, I'm guessing that you're, um, you know, I'm guessing that you're saying uh, lead with AR or certainly have a lot of AR, but um, Stan, what sort of, what, what can you do on sort of top of that? How do you, assuming that AR is part of your mix, what else do you look at for a, for a content strategy during during the shopping season, during this Q4 season, every season's shopping season? Uh, like, that's a good one because like, what you could think about and what the, the audience actually sees and what even personally I do see is a lot of, let's say, uh, discount-led content strategy, like up to X percent of, up to Y percent of, which is, which is fine, but it's not creative as per se, and it's not really a content-led strategy, and it's not original. At the end of the day, consumers are ready to buy. They're already expecting some discounts to happen. Actually, you would be a fool not to go on discount or at least do some kind of offers. And it's also an event which has now, it has like the, the scale and the number of industries, even my small pizza shop down the road, I live in GVT in Dubai. He's doing a Black Friday offer. You know what I mean? And he's going right. to say, my pizza is, is buy two, get one free. <laughs> so there is, like everyone is in Black Friday mode, like in November. So you need to differentiate uh, yourself like, from the rest of the pack. Uh, and especially uh, if you think about your own industry, but also from the rest of the pack, like throughout verticals and throughout categories. So for so, that... You, yeah, you no, do you do that then? The thing is... You need to be, uh, as Shannon mentioned, but really earlier at the podcast, like how do you differentiate is you need to be top of mind. So how to be top of mind beyond, uh, let's say, the discount you're going to give and make sure that your actually fulfillment follows is to have a, a strategy, which is a content strategy in that case, which is really um, uh, how do you educate and you manage 
the consumer expectations, how transparent you are, how, let's say, how do you bring more humanity into your content strategy? So obviously, I will introduce some kind of, uh, let's say, um, content created by uh, our creators or created by our customers and use it in my content strategy. I would like to as well differentiate from the rest by using, again, new AR capabilities and new AR opportunities, not the one that we've been used to do, let's say, three years ago, but differentiate ourselves. So again, it's try to humanize that relationship, which is highly, uh, let's say, uh, digital as a relationship, but that you would like ideally to be, yeah, more and more human. The same way we're having this podcast as friends together, like I want my brand to be like recognized as a as a brand, as an extension of yourself to do something, right? Because people go on Snapchat to get yeah. some uh, content that is new, refreshing, where they learn something, where they actually enjoy doing some. So also differentiating with a bit of, let's say, like fun and human element is for me quite important if um, you basically want, want to master this shopping season. And what about the transparency element? You said transparency in there. What do you mean by that? Yeah, transparency because again, like you, you can say uh, you can claim a discount, uh, let's say percentage on a creative. But if at the end of the day I land on like the website where I've seen like a good offer, and actually the it's already out of stock after like few minutes, or there are only like few products on sale, then it's kind of highly deceptive for the consumers, right? Yeah. Like if if you go for shopping season, play it right and play it fair with the consumers. If you are uh, shouting and saying, okay, guys, this shopping season, I've got good offers from you, make sure the offers are good. Do not, try to, play, do not try to play and fool the consumers. They've got massive expectations, so don't disappoint. Don't disappoint on what you have to say, and don't disappoint on what you have to offer. Shai, does that, uh, do those rules uh, kind of cross the board? Anything to add to that on the sort of content strategy? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Stan maybe stole some of my lines in that. And just sweet. No, I'm, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I mean, ultimately, I, I fundamentally agree with everything Stan mentioned. And to call out a few points that I'd just kind of drill a little bit deeper into, um, you know, when we're talking about having a content strategy, you know, discount messaging is, is not a narrative for a brand. So what is your brand identity? What is your authentic differentiating factors as a, as a concept? As I, you know, started to say at the beginning is if I have a choice to shop in multiple different places, why would I choose you? Um, and I think that the, the point here is, is to how to, you know, consider the approach uh, and to be memorable, interactive, uh, you know, opportunities to, to engage with consumers because the consumer, you know, experience doesn't just start when they land on your site and might find that product out of stock, as Stan mentioned, but it's also, okay, you know, before then, when I'm in my consideration phase in October, if I'm leading into the singles day sale or as I'm building up towards that kind of White Friday moment, um, you know, all of these moments that you have an opportunity to stand out, you know, build that kind of share of voice on the platform. How can, how can I build um, assets or, or communication strategies around those kind of different m moments when I'm thinking about buying a product, but also the celebration cycle. If we think about after the shopping season has kind of, you know, maybe settled a little bit, if we think about December before we move into the, as Stan would say, the festive season and the year sale, the celebration cycle. 
Um, you know, people are going to be excited about what they've bought, you know, things they've been saving up for, things that they're, you know, they want to be buying, they snap it, they share it with their friends. Being a part of those moments also counts. So I would, I would say that, you know, if I look back to the last, you know, three years or so um, that, that I've been, you know, working at, at Snap now and, and been working with, with Stan and, and the various different other kind of e-commerce players in the region, some of my most favorite moments are how e-commerce and retailers have really chosen to stand out with their creative strategy during this time. Um, it's been thoroughly enjoyable. So I, I just, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens this year. Nice. Well, we're, we're thoroughly sort of running out of time. And uh, I was actually going to ask you sort of for some, uh, some, some top tips. And I think that you've just pretty much given them start early and find a way to sort of stand out and differentiate yourself. Um, Stan, have you got any uh, sort of any other, any other practical recommendations um, for, for brands Obviously, not your competitors, um, but uh, for maybe other uh, other brands on how you know how to make the most of shopping season. What would your advice be to the general yeah. world? I mean, yeah, beyond the fact that again, thrive for for innovation, start early, stand out, be creative. Like the thing is, don't be creative without using data. You've got a lot of data sets and insights you can use. It can be your own website analytics uh, if you have one. If you don't have any online presence yet, actually you can get the insight just from actually a shy or like uh, like a lot of other media platforms where they can basically give you the insights from the audience. So you can see like what kind of like the theme or um, or uh, focus or like topic that uh, actually the audience in the GCC is liking and their percentage and their like demographics and they are, uh, let's say, uh, the, the time they spend, uh, depending on the hour of the day. I mean, there are like so many insights that you can get from, from the media platforms, especially for the performance ones. Do you, do you find yourself sort of actively changing your, your strategy according to the data that you get from, from the likes of, uh, of Snap? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> we can help, we can help, don't worry. We, we haven't started yet. We're, we're still cooking. <laughs> So um, okay, so give me a give me a teaser. What can we expect to see from you this uh, this shopping season, um, Stan? You mentioned that you're going to try and use new uh, AR capabilities. Um, go on. What can what can we is there anything? What can we expect to see? Uh, just wait and see. Yeah. Well, we are working on it uh, at the minute, and and again for us it's going to be an important year because being a, a UAE based business and UAE turning. 50 and us turning five, we are trying to do something like quite uh, different and, and cool. So hopefully uh, it will be noticed. Well, I'm looking forward to noticing that. So I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. So thank you both very much. Thank you, uh, Shan Rahimi, who's the head of e-commerce at Snap. And thank you to Stan Brunei, who's the head of marketing at UNAS. Um, thank you very much, guys. That was amazing. I think thank we've raised... I think we've raised and addressed some really interesting points in this session. Um, and uh, as I say, I'm looking forward to sort of seeing how this pans out uh, over the next couple of months. You can find both Shai and Stan on Snapchat, um, both as themselves and as their brands. Um, and you can find campaign at campaignme.com as well as in bookshops, webinars, on social, uh, this podcast. Thanks again to Angami for their help with the podcast. You can listen to more episodes in Angami or wherever you listen to your podcast. And thank you, of course, to Snap for sponsoring us. I've been Austin Allison, the editor of Campaign Middle East. This has been On the Record with Campaign Middle East. Till next time, stay safe and goodbye. <laughs>